You're listening to Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. I'm your host, Troy Kitch. We're heading north to Alaska today. In July, the NOAA ship Fairweather headed out of Kodiak to begin a couple months of hydrographic surveying in remote areas of the Arctic, in places where ocean depths haven't been measured since 1867. That's the year that the U.S. agreed to purchase Alaska from Russia for $7.2 million. Now, you might not think that remote areas of the Arctic Ocean up in northern Alaska see a lot of ship traffic, but they're seeing more and more every year. Traffic from the offshore oil and gas industry, cruise liners, military craft, tugs and barges, and fishing vessels. Seagoing traffic is, in fact, growing by leaps and bounds as sea ice continues to retreat and the greater Arctic Ocean becomes more and more accessible to vessels of every kind. Well, in response to this, earlier this year, NOAA released a new Arctic charting plan that lays out an ambitious agenda to survey critical Arctic areas, those places where marine transportation dynamics are changing rapidly. And at the heart of this new effort is the NOAA ship Fairweather, a 231-foot survey vessel commanded by NOAA Corps Captain Dave Neander. We reached Captain Neander by phone to learn more about the Fairweather's Arctic mapping expedition going on right now in an area of Alaska called Kotzebue Sound. Due to increased commerce in northern and northwestern Alaska, there's a, an urgent need to establish new larger-scale charts of the area with modern hydrographic data. The area in Kotzebue Sound where we're working, for example, the, the largest-scale chart in that area is one to 700,000, which is an extremely small-scale chart. As chart standards go, usually when you navigate on charts with a ship, you're you know, in the one to 40 one to 80,000 range or larger scale down to the one to 20 or one to 10,000 scale harbor charts. Let's take a moment to talk about chart scales. This can be a little confusing. The scale is the ratio of a distance on the map to the corresponding distance on the ground. So a map with a scale of one to 700,000 means that one unit on the map equals 700,000 units of the earth. So one inch on the map then would be 9.6 nautical miles for a one to 700,000 scale chart. And as you can imagine, you just can't squeeze that much detail in such a small-scale nautical chart. Added to this, the chart in use today for Kotzebue Sound is based on really old information. The existing data on the 1 to 700,000 scale chart is from the early 1800s when an expedition went up there, and I think well before Alaska became a U.S. state, back when it was in the Russian hands. So the data is, you know, over 150 years old. And we just want to make sure we get up there and, and update it and make sure that we can create these larger scale charts from modern hydrographic data and that the, the depth contours and any potential obstructions are adequately depicted on the new charts. Captain Neander said that the area the Fairweather is tasked with mapping this summer is about 240 square nautical miles. We just finished a 22-day leg, got back into Dutch Harbor on the 28th of July. We completed two surveys during that 22-day leg, about 105 square nautical miles and about 1,500 lineal nautical miles of hydrography. We have two additional project legs, and then we should be finishing up around the 1st of September and then heading back to Kodiak. You can think of hydrographic surveying as sort of like mowing a lawn. The Fairweather, along with smaller launches from the Fairweather for shallower areas that the big ship can't get into, are spending the summer traveling back and forth and back and forth to take depth soundings over much of Kotzebue Sound. And if you think about the metaphor of mowing a lawn, linear miles is what would appear on your lawnmower's mileage gauge as you go back and forth to mow your lawn. While the area is square nautical miles, well, that would be the size of the entire patch of lawn. 
The equipment that Fairweather is using for this task is a far cry from the primitive tools mariners used in the 1800s to measure depths. We have three launches on board right now. They're equipped with a shallow water multi-beam system, and uh, two of the launches also have a pole-mounted side scan system. So the multi-beam gives us the depth information, while the side scan covers broader swaths, so to say, and gives imagery only. So the imagery will give you an indication of any potential targets or contacts or obstructions that protrude off the bottom. The ship itself is equipped with the multi-beam system, and we're also set up to tow a side-scan sonar. So same with the launches. The multi-beam gives us the depth information, while the side-scan gives us imagery over a much broader area. Captain Neander said that this data will be sent back to NOAA's Coast Survey to create an updated nautical chart. While it typically takes a year or two to produce a new chart, because there's also a need to acquire shoreline data to make an accurate larger-scale map, he said that any critical hazards to navigation that the Fairweather finds during the summer survey are immediately sent in to be added to NOAA's current charts to keep Mariner safe. I asked Captain Neander why NOAA is prioritizing areas like Kotzebue Sound for hydrographic surveys. He said one big reason is that many remote coastal towns in northern Alaska get all of their supplies during the summer months by sea. For example, the town of Kotzebue gets its yearly supply of heating oil, diesel, and gasoline by barge during the month of July. And one of the things that they do is they bring the big barges in, they anchor the barges offshore, and then they lighter to smaller barges because it's too shallow to get the bigger barges in there. So they bring the, the smaller barges with smaller amount of the product, and then they offload it to their tanks, and that lasts them through the whole winter and to the next year. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, this traffic is only growing year over year as ships and barges carrying supplies are increasingly sharing the Arctic Ocean with research ships and Coast Guard vessels, fishing ships, and cruise liners. Now at this point, you may ask yourself, why haven't the charts for these areas been updated sooner? Alaska's big. (laughs) It's a huge area, and survey efforts in recent years, and in fact, back to the 1920s or 1930s, have focused priorities on other areas of Alaska that were surveyed with very crude technology, lead line technology, and in some areas, actually not at all. So there's quite a few areas in and around other areas of Alaska that need to have critical updates as well, and we're just starting to push towards the Arctic region with the increased interest in marine transportation up in that area. So the fair weather has her work cut out for. It will take many years to map the Arctic areas of Alaska because of limited resources. Only two NOAA ships are conducting hydrographic surveys in these areas. And you have to consider that surveys can only be tackled during a short summer season. For the rest of the year, the weather's just too bad. Well, actually, the weather can be pretty bad in the summer, too. And that's not all. Captain Neander said that what makes surveying in these remote regions particularly challenging and time-consuming is that there are just so many unknowns. When you enter a new project area in a very remote environment, which is covered by a one to 700,000 scale chart with sparse soundings of unreliable origin or unknown origin, you have to be extremely cautious and vigilant, not only the unknown nature and complexity of the seafloor, but the unknown weather patterns and currents and, and physical properties of the water, which can have a serious effect on operations and data quality. You know, you can plan, plan, plan before you head up there, but you're never going to know until you get up there what it's going to be like. You know, weather forecasting in the areas is very crude at best. You know, we get a good idea from some of the forecast maps and satellite images, but until you've actually spent time in the area and get familiar with the weather patterns, the currents, the winds, 
you know, I, I think that's my biggest concern, and that's uh, one of the unique things about working up there is that you, you don't know because we don't have the experience up there. The Fairweather is scheduled to complete the mapping of Kotzebue Sound by early September. Next year, they're heading even further north in Alaska to map approaches to the DeLong Mountain Terminal, the offloading port for the largest zinc mine operation in the world. You can find links to learn more about the Fairweather, about NOAA nautical charts and the technology that goes into making charts, and the new Arctic charting plan. You'll find all those links in our show notes. You'll find the show notes at oceanservice.noaa.gov. If you have any questions about the podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, send us a note. We are at nos.info at noaa.gov. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. We'll return in two weeks. <laughs>